Hi, I'm Evangelist Felicia Wallace. Thank you for tuning in to the A Light for Christ podcast, where our aim is to reach the masses for Christ in this current day of chaos, distractions, and confusion. We have set out on this journey to encourage the weary, revive those of us who have been complacent in our faith, and redirect the lost and misguided. We are ordained pastors of the Light of the World Church of God, organized under the Church of God Ministries, Anderson, Indiana. We hope you will consider supporting our ministry by visiting our website at alightforchrist.com or from the links provided on our podcast episodes. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you. If we look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, walking in the light. And it says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Sin separates us and there's a brokenness there. In spite of what the world say and how the world compromises, in this regard, there is no compromise because you're either in the Lord or you're not in the Lord. You're either of the light or you're of darkness. This is talking about us walking in the light. What we have to stop doing, and particularly as Christians, we must stop trying to assign things that are of the darkness as a part of God. Come on now, even if you in your sin, you just gotta call it what it is. You can't say that God is a part of that because it says right here very clearly that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So that means if I examine myself and whatever it is that I'm doing, I have to at least be honest with myself that this is just a choice that I'm making It's not a choice that's pleasing to God, but where we really make the mistake is saying God is all right with our choice that has to do with darkness. He's not all right with that. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins so that we could be redeemed from that. That's not okay with God. And don't let anybody tell you that it's okay with God. It's okay for us to say, Lord, I'm weak in this area. I need you to help me in this area. But don't ever fool yourself or allow the enemy to fool you to say, oh, God is okay with what I'm doing. Then we need to make sure that we understand that. So if we claim to have fellowship in him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect because verse 8 says, but if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. So that's not saying we're so righteous that We don't have any sin in us, okay? I want to make that point and make that clear because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. 
So that means we're going to make mistakes. Okay, we're going to blow it sometimes, okay? But he also tells us what we're supposed to do when that happens. He says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's called repenting. When you have a godly sorrow, you repent. And that means what happens, you recognize that not only have you done this thing against, say, someone else or even something against yourself, but you recognize, first of all, that you did something that wasn't pleasing unto the Lord. This is when people are going to change their hearts. You can pray until you are blue in the face, but until people begin to recognize that there is an accountability to the Lord Almighty God, when they realize that, wait a minute, there is a higher being of which I am accountable. That's when people are going to change their hearts. You will never get to repentance without understanding that you are sinning against God. If I realize that what I'm doing is against God of which I'm going to be held accountable, that's a godly sorrow. But if I flippantly say I'm sorry, why am I sorry? I'm sorry because I got caught. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm sorry because I have a motive behind it. But when you have a godly sorrow, when you want to repent, I'm going to tell you something. You don't care about nothing except making it right with God. So when you want to know if somebody is really at that point, see, they don't have anything else attached. Remember what pastor preached on not long ago, or he talked about the prodigal son. See, that prodigal son, as he was thinking, you know, and he was preparing his heart so that he could have this encounter with the father. But he didn't expect to come back and get the same status that he had when he left. Because, see, he left in self. He left in rebellion. Do you follow what I'm saying? So he didn't expect to be put on the same place. He said, I'm going to humble myself. And the reason why Jesus uses that parable, because he was letting us know what it takes, really, when we get to this point of godly sorrow. See, when you get to godly sorrow, you are humbled. There ain't nothing arrogant and proud and, and flippant about you. And you are sorry because you are repentful because what you recognize that you did against God. That's when you know. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, if there's that condition again, it's something that you must do in order for God to respond. If I want my sins forgiven, if I want to be purified, then I got to confess. I got to confess my sin. When you know all the things that you've done, you got to confess that. That's when you know a person is serious about getting their relationship right with the Lord because they're going to confess their sin. They want to get this relationship right with the Lord. And we have to be able as Christians to know the difference. And this is why the Lord tells us we have to watch fruit. We don't just take what people say. We have to watch fruit, see people as trees. I got to wait and see what is going to become of this tree. So now here comes spring. 
you begin to see a little something on that tree. Wow, I see things budding a little bit. What does that tell you? You gotta still do some looking. You gotta still do some examining. And then now you begin to see some leaves because the weather's getting warmer and they're green. The summer's in and it's being watered and the Lord is taking care of the tree and it's still budding and everything. The leaves are, are getting greener and greener. But then now as the fall began to come, it's harvest time. Jesus used the analogy of the tree to let us know that it takes time for us to know people. It takes time for us to be able to test spirits. You can't just look at somebody and say, oh yeah, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're who they say they are. And then we wonder, why did this happen to me? I can't believe the Lord allowed this to happen, particularly in our relationships. As Christians, we have the instructions. We know what we're supposed to do. The Lord says we're supposed to test the spirits and we're supposed to examine fruit. Can we see someone's heart? No. This is why God tells us we have to observe. Only God knows the heart of man. We can't see the heart, but God says we have to observe. He doesn't want us to be hurt by people and be manipulated and be deceived and all of that. God doesn't want that for us. And he's given us the instructions. He tells us, first of all, we got to walk in the light. And we're walking in the light. That means God is communing with us. That's the first thing. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So we can walk in that fellowship with the Lord, okay? But then we have to, as people then come into our life, then we have to observe fruit. Be watchful of the fruit that someone bears. Look at the fruit. Stop being deceived. The reason why we're manipulated and deceived is because we are not applying the word of God and watching the fruit. Something is on the tree. So you go out there now as fall and you look at that tree that said it was an apple tree and all of a sudden you see lemons or you see another type of fruit and you say, wait a minute, this person told me that they were an apple tree and here they are, a fruit I don't even know. Do you see? But because we followed the instructions of the Lord and we walked in the light and we had fellowship with God and we looked at the person as they claimed that they walk in the light. Of course, that's what the enemy is going to do. You're going to say, you know, I'm about the Lord. I want to do what the Lord would have me to do. I want the Lord to direct and order my steps. And, and then the person said, oh, me too. Oh, yeah, I'm with that. Okay, so that person is saying that they have fellowship with God too, but they're walking in darkness. Guess what? You can't make them be in the light. They are showing you that they are in the darkness. You have to accept that. They showed you who they are. Believe it. Don't try to make them something that they're not. So now if they come and want to show you something different, what you have to do? You have to watch the fruit. 
So even if they come to you and they are a tree with leaves, you got to go through that whole cycle. Put them in the winter because just because they have some leaves on, you don't know what type of fruit they're bearing. People can't keep up a charade long. The deceiver is going to come out. The real person is going to be revealed. And so if they came in July, they got leaves, I'm going to start watching them as if it was in the dead, frigid winter. Because if they're about something, and if they're really saying who they are, they're going to be right there. And when the ice falls off of them, and the leaves grow, and the fruit begin to bear, then you're going to be able to know exactly who they are. God gives us instructions. We are not supposed to be constantly duped by people of the world. I'm just going to put it that way. The Lord says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. We must be good fruit watchers. Make it in the desolate, harsh time of the winter. Even if it's 90 degrees outside in July, you see them in the winter because you want to see what type of fruit they're going to bear. When you think of all the things that you go through when you're trying to learn people sometime and you find out that it wasn't good fruit. If you had to just wait it and let them complete the cycle and we'll come out with our hearts in a better position than when we allow ourselves to be put out there like that. So let's watch fruit. Let's use the instructions that Jesus himself have given us and watch fruit so that we are not deceived. And remember, those who claim to, to be in the light, they have to walk in the light and not in darkness. This is why the body of Christ is not walking in the strength that we should be walking in. Because people now have a disregard for God, have a disregard for God have a disregard for the things of God, have a disregard for the people of God. Where did that come from? By us not standing firm in our faith. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. We must be good fruit watchers. Hi, this is Pastor Melvin. We hope you've been uplifted by the word today. We hope you were blessed. But you know, I want to talk to you about the urgency and the importance of being right with Christ. Romans 10, beginning at verse 8, gives us instruction. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Are you willing to give your heart today? If so, repeat after me. Dear Lord, I admit this day that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Believe that you are 
the atoning sacrifice for my sins and that you died on the cross to pave the way to eternal life. I ask you, come into my heart and make me whole again through the power of your resurrection that I may be born again and enter into the fellowship of the universal body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Welcome to the family and stay planted in the Lord. This is very important. So God bless you.